ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಕಾಮೆಂಟ್ರಿ ಬಾಯ್ ಇಸ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ಎಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಶ್ರೀಲಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಫೌಂಡರ್ ಆಚಾರ್ಯ ಅವೆಸ್ಕಾನ್ ಮನ್ಮಯ ಮನ್ ಉಪಾಶ್ರಿತಾ ಬಹವೋ ಜ್ಞಾನ ತಪಸ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷಾಭಾಗಮಂಧಾಮ್ಯಂ this krishna consciousness is the king of all knowledge the most secret of all secrets it is the purest state by practicing this one directly experiences spiritual happiness so this is not just theoretical it's open to everybody i think everyone here is experiencing that maybe not on the very highest levels which have been described here in the purport bhava prem very high levels but even at any stage when we practice krishna consciousness we feel happiness different kind of happiness to the kind of happiness we've had a uh darshan of all different kinds of happiness being offered like driving here all the billboards all the way offer get happiness by buying this kind of cellular phone or phone or some of the adverts i couldn't understand at all i guess i'm too dull and not not uh, not geared up enough for sense gratification to understand them So they're offering all different kinds of things for sense gratification but actually if we take to Krishna consciousness we experience that a different kind of completely different kind of happiness not the kind of happiness that is born from contact with the senses so then we may ask why is it that people don't take to Krishna consciousness if Krishna consciousness makes you happy if it's natural as we hear divasvarupai krishna nityadas the constitutional position of every living being is to serve krishna and if you do that you become happy this is the philosophy of krishna consciousness there are books and books of the philosophy of krishna consciousness but basically it's very simple that we're not these bodies we're eternal spirit souls krishna is the supreme spirit soul we are his eternal servant and if we serve him by hearing about him chanting about him remembering him nine basic processes then we become situated in our spiritual position and we become happy so we may ask then why don't people do it if it's so easy straightforward natural simple doesn't cost you anything you're just seeing you you can pay 35 pounds to have your hair i don't know what they do to it but it must be something for 35 pounds so uh you can spend money on that you spend money on so many different things but krishna wants you don't spend anything all you have to do is open your mouth and chant hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari 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 ram hari ram 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 hari hari it's so simple even a child can do it and then if it's so simple that even a child can do it then why won't learned intelligent intellectual mature philosophical people do it there are so many people in the world who are intelligent in so many ways why don't they take to it so krishna is giving a suggestion here uh what are the reasons that people don't take to krishna consciousness why don't they do it 
one reason he gives, first of all, is because of material attachment. That people may be very intelligent, but their intelligence is working in the wrong way. Their intelligence is working for sense gratification. Uh, they're attached to this material world, despite seeing that there's no happiness in this world, despite seeing that, it's, as they say, the struggle for existence, despite everyone struggling, 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 uh, they're still hoping, hoping against hope that there will be some happiness. That's described in the Srimad Bhagavan, Bhagavatam. Durashaya, that word is given. People who are too materialistic, they are hoping against hope, hopeless hope. I will be happy in this material world. I just have to make a little adjustment. All I have to do is get a, if I just got a little bit more money or if I just shifted my house or if I just uh, got a new TV, all I have to do is just make a little adjustment. I have a few problems. Just get my backache out or go to the chiropractor practitioner and get my back. Just a few little adjustments. Then I'll be happy. Or I'm working, working, working. Then later on when I retire, I'll be happy. I'm always thinking, not just it's just around the corner happiness. But it's elusive, because the corner, we never get around it. We're always on this side of the corner. So a life of uh, hoping that for the future, but trust no future, however bright. That's the saying in the material world, and that's a fact. There is no situation in the material world which is happy. And even if you think, well, now I've achieved happiness, but you can't stay in that position, because this material world, everything is temporary. Dukhale amashashvatam. This material world is intrinsically not a happy place because there is repeated birth and death. But even if we think I'm very happy, we can't stay in this position. We have to leave it. Whatever we endeavor to build up, if we, some business tycoons, they work very hard to build a huge business empire. Or someone may be less ambitious. They may just work to get a little house or something. But whatever it is, whether it's a bird's nest, whether you're a bird in a nest or whether you're a tycoon with millions of dollars, you can't stay. Therefore, to be attached is not intelligent. But due to the power of maya, because of this this feeling that I want to enjoy this material world, there must be something here. There's so much advertisement. Everyone else is trying to be happy in this material world. There must be there must be something here. But Krishna tells the plain fact in Bhagavad Gita, and those who are bona fide spiritual masters following in the footsteps of Krishna, they speak very plainly that there is no happiness here. We see some so-called gurus, they offer, uh, do meditation and you'll be peaceful and then you can live happily in this world. Or you do some meditation and you'll improve your sexual prowess and then or it'll improve your business. This is all cheating. Such so-called gurus have been described in the Srimad Bhagavatam as uh, they've been compared to a stone boat. If you get into a stone boat with the idea of crossing the ocean, then uh, you'll end up on the bottom of the ocean. You'll drown. You won't actually cross the ocean. So real guru, he must speak that this material world is a place of suffering and of misery, and he also shows how in, in different ways, in different cultures, in different times and places, there are different people who are propagating different ideas with, with suggesting that this is for the benefit of the people, but actually all these multifarious ideas of how we can be happy in this material world, they're all incorrect. None of, this, none of them can help. Wherever we go in the world, we come across different ideas. In some places, 
I was recently in Russia and some people were protesting that why are you, why are you preaching this religion? You should be, uh, think of the national cause. We are Russian. We have to protect our nation. So that's attachment to the nation. So that's one kind of maya, one kind of material attachment. Or in other places that uh, they'll say, no, no, we are Christians. We have to follow this religion. Not seeing that uh, what Lord Jesus Christ taught is being practically practiced in this Krishna conscious movement. And to love God with all your heart and all your soul. And different places. If you go to other places, some places say, no, no, you have to go through Jesus. Other places, they'll say, no, Islam. Or other places, as we saw in that hall, the Harrow Humanist Association. All the humanists in Harrow coming together to save the world from religion, propagating atheism. So people have so many different ideas how they can benefit all, benefit others, but actually all of them, they're propagating attachment to this material world. And any idea which, any so-called philosophy which does not break our attachment to this material world is not actually beneficial to us. The truth is somewhat shocking. We're living in a cocoon of complacency. Everything is very nice. I'm feeling very nice. Uh, everything's all right. I have enough money. I have enough food. I have enough clothing. Everything's okay. It's not okay. Death will come and kick us into another body. And then again we'll be attached. Maybe in a dog body or Indra body, Brahma body, worm in stool body. Again attached and again suffer birth, death, old age and disease. Therefore, Krishna is clearly stating, don't be attached. What was Krishna saying to Arjuna? Why are you attached to your family members? They're all going to die anyway. So you should follow my instruction. Do what I say. Because we have our eternal relationship with Krishna. And relationships in this material world, they're all temporary. Therefore, our eternal relationship is with Krishna. So don't be attached. Krishna is advising Arjuna. Don't be attached. Vita Raga Bhaya. And don't be afraid. This is another great stumbling block in understanding Krishna, which is the actual need, our actual spiritual need is to understand Krishna. But there are people who even they, they see that the nature of this material world is full of misery and they become interested in spiritual life. But at the same time, they remain afraid of surrendering to Krishna. They remain afraid of the idea of a personal God because they've seen in this material world that relationships, they're a cause of suffering. It always ends in frustration. So they think, well, if there's a God and he's a person, they become afraid. No, I can't trust anybody. And they think, if God's a person, I can't trust him either. So in this way, they think that spiritual life is something impersonal. Their idea is that don't have, don't have relationships with anybody. By avoiding relationships, you'll be happy. Because they see that relationships cause personal interaction, causes suffering. So they think... Uh, these attachments, it's talking about material attachments. Material attachments cause suffering because we're attached to our mother, father, children. Then either we die and leave them behind or they die and leave us behind. And there's the pain of separation. So, the, in those who are inclined to the impersonal concept of, the, of spiritual life, they think that, no, we shouldn't be attached to anybody or anything and in this way we'll avoid all suffering. But they don't come to the actual point of making our attachment to Krishna, in which there is no suffering. 
they're so frustrated with material relationships that they're afraid to enter into any relationship, even though that relationship with Krishna is the actual need of our heart. We can't remain impersonal. We can't remain without relationships. If we try to cut off all relationships, we simply become, our hearts become rock hard. And we see that uh, impersonals, they, uh, they actually can't develop any any uh, feelings for anyone or anything, become very cold. Some people, uh, anyway, I don't understand that. So, uh, this is another great stumbling block, because our nature is to love. The nature of the soul is to love. But that love in this material world is always frustrated. But the point is not to stop that love. We can't stop that propensity. If we do, we simply become more and more and more frustrated inside but rather to place our love in such a, in, in the correct place where it will not be frustrated. So in the beginning of Nectar of Devotion, Prabhupada explains that the central point of Krishna consciousness is that our love should be reposed in Krishna. We're trying to love in terms of bodies. This is my friend, my family, my country, my dog, my cat. We, we're trying to place our love, but in a place where we cannot get full reciprocation, or even if we get nice what we consider to be nice reciprocation it will be cut by time so the correct the proper place to put our love is in krishna because that krishna will never fail us krishna will never cheat us or desert us and that love will continue even after this body falls down that is our eternal position in loving relationship with krishna and krishna will fully reciprocate in a way which at the present time we cannot imagine even if we have the best lover, the best son, the best father, the best friend, there's no comparison to the love that is shared in relationship with Krishna because Krishna is unlimited and he can have an unlimitedly deep relationship with an unlimitedly unlimited number of living beings. He loves everybody. We can't imagine. We, we have difficulty having even a few friends and deep relationships, maybe just a few people, but Krishna has very intimate relationship with every living being, and he reciprocates perfectly and fully. But because this fear is there, well, will I be cheated also? I've been cheated so many times in so many ways, in so many relationships, in so many lifetimes. So maybe this is another kind of cheating. Those who are afraid in this way, they prefer to worship the Absolute as impersonal. And in this way, they miss the whole point of spiritual life, which is to come to Krishna. So they, they understand one point, that we shouldn't be attached to this material world. But that's very good. But that's the beginning. If you don't pick up the proper point of where to be attached, then even though we make the advancement of becoming detached from this material world, we don't become attached to Krishna. And if we don't become attached to Krishna, because our natural propensity is to be attached to something, to love something, then after some time, because if we don't develop our love for Krishna, then again we become attached to this material world. That's what happens to impersonists. Even though they pr- practice many austerities uh, and they, they cultivate a sense of detachment from this material world, they can't maintain it because you have to love something. And if you, don't, if you develop your love for Krishna, then naturally the detachment from this material world, that, that comes automatically because we get a higher taste. Attachment to Krishna is so wonderful that uh, what do you want? So many... Uh, items of sense gratification for. People are surprised when we tell them our lifestyle. We rise early, we chant Hare Krishna, and we follow these principles, and people are surprised. But 
for us it's uh, very natural. We wouldn't want, we couldn't imagine doing anything else. Oh, you don't watch TV? Oh, you what do you want to watch TV for? If we can chant Hare Krishna, but don't you get bored of it sometimes? No, no question. We don't get bored. We want more time to chant Hare Krishna, study the books about Krishna, speak about Krishna. There's so many things to do in Krishna's service. We're, we're campaigning for the 48-hour day. We want a longer day. The materialistic people, they go on strike. We want a 30-hour week or something like this. We want a 30-hour day. We want more time to serve Krishna. This is uh, Krishna consciousness is so enlivening that uh, we don't we don't want to to kill our time. Or you see people on Sundays they like to sleep all day. They think it's a good, their reward after working hard all week is that they can sleep. Uh, what? Sleep? That means that means they'd like to be dead practically. If the pleasure is to be asleep, then <laughs> what what is your life? It's so uh, so depressing. So vita raga. Bhaya, Krodha. Other people, they become angry in frustration. They see so many misrepresentations of religion that they become angry at any kind of religion. Just like Karl Marx, he was saying that religion is the opiate of the masses. He saw, actually, in the name of religion, there's so much cheating going on. And there certainly is today also some cheating in the name of religion. There are so many bogus things, and then that could be a subject of one big book in itself. So many, this, uh, in India, the last census of bogus incarnations, there were 320, 320 proclaimed avatars of God, all competing with each other. I'm God, no, I'm God, I'm God, no, no, I'm God. So, so many bogus incarnations and so many bogus things being preached in the name of religion that it's not surprising if pe- if people become frustrated and thinking, if this is religion, then what have, what's it got to do with me? You know, politics, religion mixed up, misused, uh, the name of God misused. So naturally, uh, some people become frustrated, but that's actually not very... Inter- Generally, people are more intellectual and discriminating, discerning. They may become angry at all the cheating in the name of religion. But it's actually not fully discerning and it's not fully intellectual to take such a stance. Because uh, even though there may be so much cheating in the name of religion, uh, one should be intelligent enough to see that there's there's something positive there also. And so many people may be misusing it. But if you see the original source, what what do the great teachers say? What is Jesus saying? What are his teachings? What does Muhammad say? What does Krishna say? What do the great Acharyas say? That other people, they may exploit and misuse that. But if you see what those who are actually uh, great spiritual leaders say, that is definitely something uh, very valuable for mankind. So why don't you see that? Instead of seeing the misuse, why don't you see what is the actual essence? That is something valuable for us all. But those who are actually the root cause of all of this, attachment, fear, anger, why people are, are trying to avoid, or how, why they don't come to spiritual life, is because of a, under, underneath it all is an underlying sense of uh, defiance of Krishna. This Krishna explains later in the Bhagavad Gita, that why do people not surrender to Krishna? Namang murha prapadyante naradhamaha maya asurangvavamashrita Krishna explains 
why people, what is the ultimate reason people don't surrender to Krishna? Even though they may be learned scholars, philosophers, they may be religionists of some sort, why don't they surrender to Krishna? Because they have the wrong mentality. They are of sinful mentality. They're called dushkriti. Means sinful people, those who have no stock of pious activities, those who are of bad nature, and they're they are divided into four classes. Murha means just like an ass. Their, their ass means he's stubbornly attached to doing something which is of no benefit to him whatsoever. He works, working like an ass. For, he doesn't get any benefit, but he's thinking, yes, I'm getting benefit. So it means someone who's uh, totally misguided in his life and who's, atta- who's stubbornly attached to a wrong concept of life. Naradhama means lowest among mankind, who he very carefully avoids uh, spiritual life. He says, I have no time for it. He has time to read the newspaper, watch the TV. But if you often please read Bhagavad Gita, no time. He's expert avoider. Then Maya Aparita Jnana means someone who's materially intelligent. Maybe a scientist, Nobel Prize winner, PhD, all this. But spiritually, uh, because he doesn't, he has an uh, a very deep sense of that I will not surrender to Krishna. Therefore, even though uh, he's materially very intelligent, but spiritually very foolish. And we, we see people like this, that even though they're very intellectual, but even basic points of spiritual understanding, they can't grasp. Just like Prabhupada many times quoted in Moscow, he met with Professor Kotovsky, who is a prominent scholar, but he couldn't accept or understand the most basic point of spiritual life, that we're not this body. And as Prabhupada quoted many times, big, big scholar, but he, he would see, when Prabhupada explained how we are changing body after body after body, he said, no, no, Swamiji, when the body is finished, everything is finished. No philosophical explanation, just to, I firmly believe. No philosophy, no uh, academic reason, simply when the body is finished, everything is finished. So then, he may be a big, big scholar, but his actual knowledge, his spiritual knowledge, is covered by maya, by the illusory energy of Krishna, by which uh, he can't understand, he's attached to a wrong concept of life. Another class of demon is asarung bhavamashrita, those who have a very demoniac outlook on life. They're very, they're very much against any idea of religion, or God, and they're very much without any particular reason, but they just become very angry, even if anyone mentions God. This hardcore atheist, you could say. An atheist, if he doesn't believe in God, then uh, why should he worry if other people do? If he, his philosophy is that everything is finished, when you die, everything is finished. So why, if you believe in God or not believe in God, what difference does it make to him? Because according to him, it's, it's all going to be finished at death anyway, life has no meaning then why does he become angry when people talk about God? So actually these, these type of atheists, they probably think about God more, and they talk about God more. No, there's no God, we don't believe in God. They're, they're actually uh, preoccupied with the thought of God, but in anger. They're against, there's so much against. They actually have, they're always thinking about God, but it's in a mood of, of resentment. Just like Kanks Maharaj, he was always thinking of Krishna but in the wrong way. He wasn't thinking, how can I serve Krishna? How wonderful is Krishna? He was always thinking, how can I kill Krishna? Which, of course, wasn't possible. Krishna killed him. 
So underlying all these different reasons for uh, not surrendering to Krishna, there is this stubborn mood of defiance of Krishna, that I will be independent of Krishna, I will do whatever I like, I will defy Krishna. So all these points are analyzed in Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, throughout the Vedic literatures, so that we can understand why are we not surrendering to Krishna? What is? Why are we not attaining the proper goal of life? Why do others not come to this? It's all analytically described. So Krishna also in this verse, he's giving hope that even though uh, many, many people don't come to Krishna consciousness because of this, because of these attachments, because of fear, because of anger, because of these reasons, still many others in the past, they also came to Krishna consciousness. And you also, Krishna says to Arjuna and through Arjuna to us, you can also come to Krishna consciousness. You overcome your attachment, fear and anger, become purified, understand these points, practice Krishna consciousness, and you can also attain to the same goal that many others have attained to. It's not unattainable. Krishna is telling Arjuna that we have all these hang-ups, attachment, fear, anger. But Krishna is encouraging Arjuna, overcome them, come to Krishna consciousness. In this way, Krishna is inciting Arjuna to have faith in the process of Krishna consciousness. That many people in the past did it. You can also do it. You can also go back home, back to Godhead. And in the purport, Srila Prabhupada describes what is the process. How can we do it? Because Bhagavad Gita is not just a book to read. It's not like you buy a book you, or you take it from the library, you read it and finish. But rather it is a book of instruction and direction for our lives which needs to be read regularly again and again so that we can uh, apply the instructions in our lives. So what is the process? How practically, what is the practical application of these instructions? This uh, two verses, they are quoted from Bhaktir Samrat Sindhu, Nectar Devotion, how we can come to this point of becoming totally free from attachment, fear and anger, become purified and go to Krishna, go back home, back to Godhead. Ado Shadha, this is the process. First of all, who can come to Krishna consciousness? Someone who has some faith in Krishna. That means someone who already, although they, they still have attachment, fear and anger, but through that attachment, fear and anger, some spark of feeling for Krishna, some spark of Krishna consciousness has been awakened. Some faith in Krishna consciousness. This Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also described, Shadha Vanjan Hoi Bhakti Adhikari. Anyone can begin Krishna consciousness if they have a little faith. You don't even have to have full faith. But if anyone is prepared to associate with devotees, anyone, if they just think Krishna consciousness, oh, that's something very nice, then they can begin. But to go further, they have to associate with devotees. You may think it's very nice, but you don't go anywhere unless you associate with devotees. You can also make association by reading these books. And then when we associate with devotees, then we discuss about Krishna and that little faith which is there by hearing the explanations, by seeing how the devotees offer their food to Krishna, by being in the atmosphere of the association of devotees and experiencing the devotional mood, then our faith increases. The whole process of Krishna consciousness means to increase our faith in Krishna. Shadhavanjan hoi bhakti adhikari uttam kanishta maddam shadha anushai. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes that Krishna consciousness Anyone can become eligible for that if they have a little faith. And one's advancement is understood according to his level of faith. 
If one has very little faith, he's a neophyte devotee. If one has full faith, he's a topmost devotee. And if he's somewhere in between, his faith is developed but not to the fullest point, he's called madhyam or middle level devotee. So this faith, how to develop, uh, then when we associate with devotees and those who have developed a little faith, they often become impressed. They say, oh, these people, they're, they're different. Actually, devotees are different. They have a different concept of life. Ah, that our life is meant for serving Krishna. It's, we're not interested in uh, what everyone else is interested in. People are interested in so many foolish things for sense gratification, but we're, not in, we're interested. How can we find more time to chant about Krishna, hear about Krishna, uh, preach the message of Krishna? So devotees, naturally, they become purified and they become uh, effulgent and joyful. And those who have already developed a little faith in Krishna, seeing that they become more inspired and they want to take up Krishna consciousness and devotees instruct. Now, you can also become like this. You can also, why don't you try? Chant Hare Krishna, take a Japa Mala, chant, offer your food to Krishna, read these books. Uh, And eventually when one does this, he feels, oh yes, actually... This Krishna consciousness is very nice. It's that, that we are saying pratyakshavagamam dharmyam is not simply something theoretical. When you practice it, you actually feel a reciprocation with Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is our best friend. He is sitting in our heart. And after so many millions of lifetimes, when we turn to him, he immediately reciprocates and gives us more inspiration. And then we feel inspired to go on more and more in Krishna consciousness. And as we inquire more and we learn more about the philosophy, and we become more and more convinced, and then we understand that actually, what is there to do in life? What is the point of life? Let me dedicate this life for understanding Krishna. That is the purpose of human life. Whatever else I may be doing, I may be a businessman, or a brahmachari, or an office worker, or a factory worker, or unemployed, or whatever it may be, but all these activities, they're for the maintenance of the body, they're, that's a position in society, but my spirit, my eternal spiritual position is a servant of Krishna. So let me dedicate this valuable human form of life to understand Krishna. So when someone has that conviction, then uh, naturally he wants to take initiation from a spiritual master who will guide him on the path of Krishna consciousness. Because to understand Krishna, uh, it is natural, but because we are conditioned by the illusory energy of Krishna since time immemorial, and because we are attached, because we have fear and because we have anger, we have all these contaminations. Therefore, to reawaken our Krishna consciousness, to become free from the contamination of maya, the illusory energy, guidance is required. So then, one who becomes more serious about Krishna consciousness, he, he accepts initiation from a spiritual master who guides, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, uh, and why we should do this, why should we should not do that. All these points are described. Uh, how to engage in devotional service in the association of devotees. And as we go on doing that more and more, then uh, our attachments to this material world, all these different contaminations, they gradually drop away. The more we apply ourselves to Krishna consciousness, the more we make advancement in Krishna consciousness, and the more we overcome all the bad things in the heart, kam, krod, lob, moha, mad, matsarya, this uh, uh, lust, greed, anger, attachment, envy, illusion, all these things we start to overcome and we start to become 
more and more blissful being situated in our real position, our constitutional position of service to Krishna. So, as the, this is called the stage of anarthanivriti, all the bad things start to go away, so naturally that faith which we had in the beginning becomes stronger and stronger, and we become fully convinced that, yes, I'm practicing Krishna consciousness, the philosophy makes sense, and I'm feeling very happy in serving Krishna, feeling reciprocation with Krishna, and uh, we become more and more convinced that, yes, this really is the purpose of life, and that Krishna is reality, and everything else which is conceived of not in relationship to Krishna, that is simply an illusion. So, uh, we become fully convinced about Krishna consciousness, and we gain a taste for serving Krishna. In the beginning, we may find it a little difficult. People say, well, how can I stop watching TV, or how can I stop smoking cigarettes? But, but after some time, there's, there's no question. We, 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 the question is different. Than, how can I find more time to serve Krishna? We, we feel a taste in that. We feel very happy. Oh, yes, let me chant Hare Krishna more and more. Let me serve Krishna. Let me study these books of Krishna. We feel a taste. Different people are attracted to different aspects of Krishna consciousness, but that natural taste for Krishna consciousness awakens and we feel more and more attached to the service of Krishna. So as that attachment becomes very strong, then our nat- and our attachment to Krishna becomes strong, there are, and our attachment to this material world becomes non-existent. All those attachments which non-devotees, they, they may try to give up, those who are on the spiritual path, in personalists, they may try to give up by performing very severe austerities. But a devotee very easily gives up attachment to this material world by chanting Hare Krishna, dancing, taking prasadam, reading Bhagavad Gita as it is. So that the feelings for Krishna, they develop more and more and more. And eventually one becomes situated in full love of God. So this is the process of Krishna consciousness. This has been summarized in these two verses from the Nectar of Devotion that is elaborately explained in the Nectar of Devotion. Here in Bhagavad Gita, we have a lot of information about why we should practice devotional service. And Nectar Devotion also gives that. Bhagavad Gita also gives information how to practice devotional service. The Nectar Devotion, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, that gives us information also why we should practice devotional service. It gives more detail about how to do that. Therefore, that is this book is considered the handbook for devotees. Actually, these books, Bhagavad Gita as it is, Nectar of Devotion, Srimad Bhagavatam, Teachings of Lord Chaitanya, particularly these four books, these contain all the essential information for Krishna consciousness. So we should try to read these, understand, become convinced more and more and more, learn the philosophy so that we can apply it in our lives, explain it to others. And in this way, just as was explained to Arjuna, we can also. Krishna explains, many, many people in the past became purified by understanding me. So we can also join those ranks. This is why Krishna is teaching Bhagavad Gita, so that others can come to him. This is why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Patita Pavana Gaurahari, he came to this world to teach us how we can become Krishna conscious and all the great Acharyas. Srila Prabhupada, in recent times, a very great, powerful Acharya, traveled all over the world, touched the lives of many thousands of people, is still doing so, and his uh, representatives, uh, on his behalf, going all over the world, doing the same thing. 
And so many devotees in this Krishna consciousness movement all over the world who have taken up this spirit of Krishna consciousness are communicating it to others. So, as Krishna says, Bhavo Gyanatapasabhutamadbhavamagata Many, many in the past came to me and many, many in the present and many, many in the future will. So, our, dis- our choice is to go on this path back to Godhead or to remain in this material world. That choice is ours. Krishna is presenting all the information. If you do like this, you'll come to me. If you surrender to me, you'll come to me. And if you don't, you'll remain in this material world. So Krishna is giving us all the information very nicely, point by point, explaining so that we can understand. Ultimately, the choice is ours which way to go. And even having made the decision, yes, I'd like to go on the path towards Krishna, it's very valuable to discuss all these points so that our conviction can become stronger and stronger and stronger and we can apply ourselves to this process more and more and more. Hare Krishna. <coughs> Any question, please? They come to our house wearing saffron clothes. Being householder, we are supposed to give them arms. But if an offender to Srila Prabhupada comes, how do we establish that the person is an offender to Srila Prabhupada and therefore not give the arms? Because as this is, a person is yeah. with saffron clothes, how do we decide who's, who's who? Well, usually you can see which where they're coming from, actually. This question came because I showed you a book which someone coming in saffron came to your house and you gave a donation and they gave a book. And then I opened the book and inside it said that uh, the only reason that Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, they don't call him Prabhupada, came to the West, the only reason was to bring people to Srila Guru Maharaj, to their guru, which is, is bogus. Prabhupada came to bring us to Krishna and you don't need to go through someone else to go to Krishna. Prabhupada comes in the parampara, you go through him and he, through his guru and through the whole parampara he takes you to Krishna. You don't need to go to him. So they have a misconception. So uh, anyway, these people, it's not necessary to be impolite to them. Uh, in one, they're also saintly people but they have a very bad misconception somehow or other. So you give them, you can give them some milk, some banana like this, but you can say that uh, you know, we respect your sannyas. We do, we respect them. But uh, as far as your understanding of Srila Prabhupada is concerned, we can't, uh, we can't support this. We can't support this with our donation. Supposing an impersonalist sannyasi. Impersonalist sannyasi also, same thing. Even their sannyas, even that they're a sannyasi, even to be a sannyasi, that's something glorious. So we don't support their philosophy, but that there's something that Prabhupada taught that we should respect even a Mayavadi sannyasi. Respect means we don't have to donate so that they pro- to help them propagate their nonsense, but we can be res- respectful and give them some fruits 